Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Momship Mastery. I am Andrea and this week we are going to be talking about something that most of us can relate to or have experienced at least once and that is the infamous mommy meltdown. This week we're diving into why this happens, what it looks like, and most importantly how we can notice the signs before a meltdown and better yet prevent it and respond to it. So let's embark on this journey together. I can't wait. Welcome to the Momship Mastery Podcast, the ultimate destination for moms seeking balance, connection, and growth in their journey through motherhood. I'm your host, master's level therapist and life coach, Andrea Baker. Here at the Momship Mastery, we believe that motherhood is a purposeful journey filled with discoveries, challenges, and countless opportunities for growth. Our mission is to provide you incredible moms with the wisdom, inspiration, and tools to flourish as you nurture your relationship with yourself and those around you. Each week, we will dive into transformative conversations, therapeutic insights, and practical tips to empower you to thrive as a mom while still maintaining your unique identity. From self-care strategies to relationship building, from spiritual growth to parenting insights, I've got you covered. So if you're ready to embark on this journey with us, hit that subscribe button and let's explore the world of motherhood, relationships, and growth together. Remember, you're not alone on this journey and we're here to support you every step of the way. This week, we're going to be talking about mommy meltdown. It's a term that I heard a lot over the holiday season, and then I had a few clients kind of bring it up. So I thought it would be a good thing to kind of address while um, it was still fresh on my mind. Um, So mommy meltdown is definitely a phrase that is used across social media a lot. Um, And there is some different views on it. I think a lot of moms kind of have like this twofold view of, you know, we don't want to get to that point of mommy meltdown, but we also kind of feel that overwhelm um, and aren't really sure how to navigate that space without um, having a meltdown or without having that moment, we don't feel like we have control over the situation. Um, so I'm going to get into it. Let's go ahead and, and do it. All right. Hey there, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Momship Mastery Podcast. I am back with you, and this week we're going to be talking about mommy meltdown. Um, We're diving into the why. Hey, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Momship Mastery Podcast. I'm so excited um, that you're here with me today. Um, This week... Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Momship Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and this week we're going to be talking about the infamous... Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Momship Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and this week we're going to be talking about the infamous mommy meltdown. We're diving into the why this happens, what it looks like, and most importantly, how we can notice and respond to it. Uh, Let's embark on this together. Let's go.
Um, so when we talk about mommy meltdown, I always want to start with the reason, like what is the reason behind this meltdown? And I think like when we put it in terms of mommy meltdown, we often forget, you know, when our kids have a meltdown that most of the time it's usually them communicating something else to us, right? Either they're tired or they're hungry or, um, you know, they had a really long day, all of those things. And when we try to reframe it and put it back into like adulthood and motherhood, we often forget that those are some of the same reasons that moms are having a meltdown. We're tired and or we're hungry or we, we are overstimulated, overwhelmed. We had to do something for too long and we don't want to do it anymore. Um, but it, it's communicated differently when you're an adult and you're a mom and things like that. So I want to first like like I said, reframe this mommy meltdown and help us to understand where it actually comes from. Um, It's essential that we understand and realize that it's not us just dropping the ball and failing on motherhood. I don't want that to be the take on this. I don't want that to feel like, oh my gosh, I had a meltdown and now I'm just the worst ever because you're not. But it's a signal and a sign that something is overwhelming you and we definitely need to take a moment to figure out what that something is. So we go into the phase of recognizing the signs of it. If we can recognize what this looks like before it happens, then we have a greater chance of kind of diminishing or putting a fire out before it it starts, right? Um, So common signs that a meltdown is about to happen, it's just like increased irritability, um, fatigue, feeling exhausted, right? Um, And then just constantly being on edge, right? I experienced all these things (laughs) and I know like, you know, when something is getting on my nerves and I'm like, this usually doesn't get on my nerves. Like I'm usually okay with this. And it's like, oh man, like my nerves are like bad. I know like, okay, this means I'm not as centered as I need to be. This means that I haven't taken the time for myself this means I might need to go lay back down. This means I'm, I might just need a snack. I don't know, but I try to investigate where that irritability is coming from, where that fatigue is coming from. I'm a person like I don't, I don't do well with not having sleep. Like I need to sleep. Um, I know some people can just go without it. Some people don't need as much as others, but I know that like if I don't rest well, then more than likely I'm going to be irritable. Um, so, and sometimes you can't do anything about that. Sometimes you just have to roll with that. But when I have that in the forefront of my mind, when I'm aware that, okay, I didn't sleep well, or I'm a little bit more irritable, then I remember that. And I let that kind of guide my thoughts of, okay, I need to be a little bit more careful about the things that I say today, or I need to really spend more time thinking about what people are saying because I'm already defensive or I'm already on edge or I'm already feeling away and it doesn't take much for me to get all the way over. So I need to really, um, maybe take my time to answer questions today. Maybe I need to be more quiet and listen more, you know, than I speak today. Like then I'm more aware and I try to um, navigate those spaces from that place of self-awareness. But yeah, like the irritability, the fatigue, like the sense of being constantly on edge. When we are acknowledging these things and we understand how important that self-awareness is, then we can recognize the signs earlier and try to be more proactive opposed to being reactive. Now, just because we understand like, okay, we're feeling irritable and things like that, and sometimes it may have 
to do with sleep. Sometimes it may have to do with um, just needing some snack or whatever. But if you find that this is like a continual state of being where you're feeling like this more often than not, then it's important to kind of look at the root causes, like what's really the the main stressors that are contributing to this impending meltdown. Um, sleep deprivation is a big one. It's not just connected to our feelings, but it's also connected to our brain functioning. It's also connected to our decision making, our responses. Like when we are not getting enough sleep, then those things, those type of reactions are a lot less uh, articulated than they are when we're fully rested. And then let's just talk about the societal pressures, right? We have social media telling us how to be a mom. We have people, communities telling you how you should parent, how you should do these things. And while in some safe spaces, certain advice is warranted and it's like, okay, this is a safe space for us to grow. But in other spaces, like the social media pressures of, you know, you're only a good mom if your kid's eat, you know, whole foods, or you're only a good mom if, you know, your kids are in all these after school activities. Like we have all of these things and we're working hard to try to check these things off the list, the things, the pressures and all this stuff. We're trying to do all of it. And society is still saying, no, you missed the mark. Right. And that's like a constant thing of, man, I'll I'll never get this. And we don't understand how much pressure, how much emotional turmoil that puts on us. So it's like, if you're constantly around somebody that's diminishing your work as a mother, or that's constantly, you know, telling you you're not doing enough and you know that you are trying your best, you know that you are giving it your all. I know that you are because you're listening to this, right? You're listening to this, you're working hard to try to give your child everything that, you know, that they need and give yourself everything that you need, but people are constantly saying it's not enough, then that contributes to that feeling of overwhelm and that pressure and it feels like you don't get a break and when we have things like that where it feels like there's nowhere you can go that's safe there's there's like this relentless demand on you and you can never fulfill it of course you're going to melt down of course you are because it's it's a boiling pot of overwhelm that's like you're just allowing it to keep going and keep going and people are steady adding heat to that to that pot and it's going to blow up. So we have to really be aware of the people we're around and the things that we are taking in and the parts of social media that we're constantly like ingesting and all these things because they contribute to um, just that feeling of pressure and things like that. And I know we don't really talk about it much, but there are so many shared feelings of overwhelm in motherhood. Um, and most people don't realize that the, the mom next to you may be struggling with the same thing or the mom next to you may be struggling with something that you were struggling with before. And you have the insight, you have the awareness to let them know like how you got through it. They may not get through it the same way, but just the encouragement of, hey, I was there. I understand the feeling. I can empathize with you and, you know, just encouraging them to get through it. That makes a world of difference to so many people. Sometimes people don't want you to tell them what to do. They just want to know that they're not the only ones, right? That they're not weird. They're not out here like failing because that's what it feels like when you're isolated, when you feel like you're isolated and you feel like you're the only one not achieving the things that everybody else seems to be achieving. When you feel like you're the only one, then that feels terrible. It feels like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one feeling my child right now. I'm the only one that can't afford this. I'm the only one 
that may have said something that I didn't want to say. Like, you're not the only one. But what happens is when we don't share these things out of shame and out of guilt, then we can't help the next mom grow or we can't help them feel like they're connected because we're we're being so secretive and that's not helpful. So we know kind of the root causes of um, this mommy overwhelm, this mommy meltdown and things like that. So I want to take a moment to really get into like some preventative measures. Uh, How do we prevent this from happening, right? We know, okay, it's a part of overwhelm and it's a part of um, maybe fatigue and irritability and all those things. But how do we prevent it? How do we prevent snapping? Like, how do we prevent just going off on everybody? How do we prevent going in our room and not coming out? Like, how do you prevent the the meltdown part? And part of that is really going to be stress management. How much we're able to manage what is in front of us. And that has a lot to do with how much are you putting in front of you? I know it feels like we have to do everything, but I promise there are things that can do without us having our hands on it for a moment. Um, Stress management is simply just like us deciding what are our priorities? What are the non-negotiables? What can we take our hands off of right now? Like what doesn't require our full attention right now? Um, How do we manage feeling like things are working well, things are moving smoothly? And we have to kind of alter our expectations. We kind of have to alter our expectations of it's supposed to look like this and it's only perfect if I can do X, Y, Z, and I'm only a good mom if I can look or do these things like someone else told me I should do them. And that's expectation is a whole nother level of pressure that we put on ourselves. So if we are able to kind of scale our expectations appropriately, and it's not saying like you don't have goals or you don't have like momentum to do better or whatever, it's just to say, I need to scale my expectation back so I'm not overwhelming myself with so much pressure that I can't be present. And really just prioritizing self-care. How do you prioritize self-care? Self-care looks different for everybody, um, honestly. And I want to really kind of note that what works for me may not work for you. For me, sometimes I go to comedy, especially if I'm really on edge or if I really have like a whole bunch of feelings. I'm like, okay, I need to kind of sort through these. And I will. I will go watch something hilarious. And I get my dopamine going by laughing a few times and really doing something that doesn't require a lot of thought or a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of thought. Like today, I didn't feel like myself today, but I knew there was some work that I needed to do. And I was like, well, let's see what I'm going to do. And I put a podcast on and I was like, I need to do something that does not require thought work, but I need to be productive. So I did something. I did some rearranging and some moving and then cleaning. Like I can do that without thinking about it. So sometimes we have to just rearrange our expectations and our priorities and really figure out what we need in that moment. Um, and then really seeking that support from your, you know, families or friends and safe places. My hope is that you feel that this is a safe place for you to process those things and also for you to um, be able to talk to your friends and your family. Like, you know, I really feel like I'm not doing well in this area or I really feel like I could use some help. And I pray and I hope that there are people in your community that are willing and open to helping you. And then we also have to be able to communicate openly about our boundaries. Like I said, when we're talking about 
what we're prioritizing and what doesn't really need our um, full attention at the moment. That's sometimes a conversation you need to have with your partner um, or your spouse and let them know, hey, like I really have a lot going on right now and I can't be responsible for X, Y, Z at this particular time. So I'm going to need some help, you know, managing this, whether that's them helping you out or whether that you whether you guys are, you know, budgeting to hire help or whatever. Um Sometimes whatever the thing that is overwhelming you, sometimes that needs to be assessed and renegotiated. Like I remember um, my husband and I, we were both working uh, full time. You know, we have two kids and all this other stuff and we were just going, going, going. And it's like I just did not want to do the dishes and it would just change my whole attitude. If I come in the house and see dishes in the sink, I would be so upset. And I was like, hey, either I'm going to have to get help doing this or we're going to have to figure out a way to make sure we don't have dishes in the sink when I get home or in the morning or whatever. And um, what we ended up doing was we had to budget to get someone to come and wash the dishes. Like that was the thing. And it really, it wasn't as expensive um, as I thought it was going to be, but it was more valuable because it was a peace of mind. Like I wasn't upset. I wasn't angry because I didn't have to come home and do dishes or I didn't have to, you know, worry about this part of the thing that was overwhelming me. So sometimes we have to think like this has to get done. So how can we do it without the pressures and overwhelm and things like that? So yeah, a lot of times that has to be a conversation that we have with our partner. Um, just so we are keeping that open communication, but also able to um, express our needs and our, our wants at that moment. Now, sometimes we aren't as proactive as you know we want to be and we feel the our blood boiling in a moment. Like, you know, you're like dead in a moment and you're like I'm about to lose my mind and the moment you have that thought where it's like I'm about to lose it let's try some quick grounding exercises and mindfulness techniques that will help you in that moment like sometimes I, I do the the five senses one where you're um where you check your five senses and you look for five things you see four things you hear three things you can touch two things you can smell and one thing you can taste and this is such a in the moment uh de-escalation thing or it's such a thing that de-escalates us in the moment where it gives us a moment to really just reassess or adjust and maybe even verbalize hey I need a minute um, you know, give the kids something to do so you can go take like a five or 10 minute moment to reassess or however long you need, however old they are. It really can depend on how long they're able to kind of be more self-sufficient, but it's okay to walk away for a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. Like for me, I love to go outside. Like, I don't know, it's something about fresh air that really just kind of helps me to recenter and refocus. I don't know if the air is so fresh over here in Kuwait, but it's what I got. So I have to deal with it. <laughs> um, but I like to go outside and just kind of like, I feel more connected to, to God when I'm outside. I don't, it's, it's weird. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I, sometimes I just need to step outside or I'll take them outside, right? Where I'm actually having a moment and they are out running and having fun outside. So it's like, yeah, we're having a moment together, but really I'm doing something completely different and they are still having the time of their life. Another thing is like really 
trying to find like the longer term solutions. Sometimes we just need a hobby. Sometimes we need something or an activity that brings joy and relaxation. I know what you're saying. You're like, I already got too much on my plate. I don't have time for no hobby. I don't have time to to plan relaxation. But hear me out. When you put time in for yourself, because most of the time, believe it or not, I believe your schedule is probably filled to the capacity with other stuff and other people, right? How much of your demand of time has to do with things you actually like or things you actually want to do. When we take more time, when we take pockets of time or parts of our day to really engage in something that brings us joy, then it doesn't feel like we're going all day. It feels like, oh, I did something for me today. You know, whether that's taking a moment to listen to the podcast or taking a moment to um, journal or draw, um, bake, whatever it is, like don't bake because you got to bake for, you know, the kids. Bake because you want to bake, right? Or cook because you want to cook. Walk because you want to walk. Like, you know, finding things that you just want to do for you. Getting back to that individual person that you are and not so much into the constant cycle of I have to do this and I need to do this and I'm really you know exhausted but I have all these other things to do really being able to explore those activities and things that you like it will bring a a great sense of joy um also like uh, our routines and habits have a lot to do with our stress level Um, It has a lot to do with our overwhelm and things like that. When we're able to clearly and um, concisely build a routine, then our brains are automatically wired to know what comes next. So that decreases that amount of stress that we would initially have when it's like, okay, I got all these things to do and I don't know what to do right now. It's like if we have a routine of, okay, I load the dishwasher after, you know, after dinner or before bed, then you already know, like, I'm not so overwhelmed with it. It's like, all right, I know I have to do this and it only takes this amount of time. So let me go ahead and get it out the way. Uh, when you have a routine and, and you know what's coming, then your habits keep you from not being so centered because you already have that expectation. So all of these things contribute to one, your overall well-being. It really contributes to the way that you, you know, you feel when you're when you're waking up, when you're doing this, and when you're engaging in all these things, when you're going to work, it it contributes to all those things. So um, I really hope that this was helpful. Um, uh, I know that you all are doing the best that you can. I know that you are really um, working hard, and and I just want to say that I see you and I applaud you for your efforts. I applaud you for your desire to to do better and to, you know, improve every day. Not saying that anything is wrong, but saying that, you know, you have a level that you want to reach in your within yourself, within your parenting. I applaud you for that goal. Uh but I want us to remember that self-compassion and grace is the key. We can't go anywhere with shame and doubt and guilt attached to us. It has to be I'm doing this. I'm giving myself the grace to learn through this. I'm giving myself the grace and self-compassion to sometimes have a meltdown. But I'll come back and I'll apologize to whoever I need to apologize to. There's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes we have to apologize to our kids. Sometimes we have to apologize to our partner, our spouse, and say, hey, I was just really, you know, on edge and that wasn't okay. And I'm going to try to do better. But this is what happened. This is the truth. And that just teaches our children that, you know, we're ready and we're trying our best to 
communicate through the hard times so that when they, when our children get older and they experience something similar or they experience a hard time, they know how to communicate through it. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, Y'all let me know and we'll talk soon. Bye. That's all for today, and I hope that you're feeling inspired to navigate your ships with grace and authenticity. But remember, you don't have to do this alone. Our growing community is here and ready to support you. You can find the link to that one in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a mom who may just need a little support and encouragement. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Momship Mastery. And those links are also in the show notes. Before we go, here's my little reminder. You are an incredible mom. And you have the power to nurture your inner well-being and create meaningful connections and relationships. Embrace the journey. Cherish the moments. And continue to thrive in your momship journey. Until next time.